Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of Almost Heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us again in another episode of Art of the Assistant. Man, we've got some great things to talk about today and to bring to your attention. Number one, I'm excited to let you know that we have our own website, artoftheassistant.com. You can go to artoftheassistant.com and again, we're just getting that rolling right now, but all the episodes are there in an easy format for you to follow and to find your episodes that you'd like or to go back and to listen to an episode um, that, that you wanna follow up on again. You can find it all right there. We're, we're just sitting here brainstorming on some things that we can do to it. So look up artoftheassistant.com. If your iPad or your device gives you a warning, it's okay. You can view the website. There's no viruses, I don't think, unless Dan snuck one in there. And you can go and you can check that out. So we are, we're glad to offer that to you as well as all of our social media sites uh, for Art of the Assistant as well. And then also um, something else that it's brainstorm mode here. And if you guys have some feedback with it, we'd love that as well. You know, a year from now, we'd love to see an Art of the Assistant conference, something where you guys could come and be part of that we could encourage you and do it in a, in a format that it's not, we know what the assistant pastor salary is, and we don't want you to have to run Grubhub for a month <laughs> to, <laughs> right. to be able to come and do this. So, But just something to encourage where you can be with other assistant pastors and, and just to, to edify and encourage one another in a setting like that mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. And, and Lord willing, maybe we'll see to come to pass here sometime in the near future. But as we get started today, we are going to be starting on a topic that really, I think, I don't want to say it's a hobby horse, but it has definitely become a, an area of conversation right. in our circles. And it's it's something that, that guys, Dan and I were talking earlier, they, they either use it as an excuse, they like to blame former pastors for not doing this, and they criticize pastors for not doing enough of it, right. and it's the word discipleship. And, and we know the importance of discipleship. You guys are in circles that, that talk about discipleship. But man, what what is discipleship? And maybe you as an assistant pastor say, yeah, I wish I knew because my pastor doesn't disciple me. Okay, but that again, that's an excuse. Right. So today what we wanna talk about is how you can disciple and how you can make disciples. I have the opportunity right now of working with and coaching a couple assistant pastors and, and what I'm finding is, you know, we, we as assistant pastors do have time. Right. And, and what I'm working with these guys on is not wasting that time. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that, that we fill up, you know, two days a week is by discipleship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and fulfilling that role of being a disciple maker. So we're going to talk about that in this session and what it takes to make a disciple, the art of making disciples. So when I say discipleship, Dan, what comes to your mind and what do you think about that subject? Well, the very first thing that comes to my mind is the Great Commission. And, you know, Matthew 28, Jesus says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And then that's not all. That's not the end mm-hmm. of the Great Commission. It says, teaching them to observe all things uh, whatsoever I have commanded you. Right. And in the midst of all of that, Jesus says, I've got all the power, and I'm always going to be with you. 
and then he gives us this command to go, to, go. to teach, yeah. to baptize, and then to disciple, mm-hmm. that, teaching mm-hmm. them to observe all things. And so I, my mind goes to really kind of what uh, I have been exposed to, um, and that is the evangelistic part of the Great Commission. And that was to get, get somebody to the altar, you know, ha- get them to, to make a decision, um, to, you know, be able to say we had this many saved and, yeah. uh, and that kind of thing. And my pastor was always very balanced in that, but that's uh, some of the world that, uh, that you know, that we've yeah. been exposed to. Right. And right. in that, I, my mind always goes to, you know, we had a Reformers Unanimous, uh, unanimous Ministry um, there was a lot of people that um, had no church background whatsoever. And so they would come in, they would get saved, they, you fill out an altar call, uh, yeah. card, and they had all of this baggage yeah. and all of this, um, a, a lifetime of learned behavior that when they got up from the altar and we announced, hey, you know, Johnny here, got saved and and everybody is is rejoicing with them johnny leaves to that same baggage he leaves uh to to still the uh the same troubles that he came with and so um you know we hear preachers say things like you know come as you are jesus loves you uh man uh, it's a new start a new Mm -hmm. beginning and all of that sounds wonderful but it's almost discouraging when the immediate effects that they're hoping for, this magical, mystical thing that they're hoping for doesn't take place. And so I I believe that we we need to come alongside that person and uh, start that journey with them. Yeah. uh, And to to the place where they come into a maturing state where they are now reaching people and making disciples. That's right. That's really good. And, you know, um, I talked to a pastor one time and and his discipleship philosophy is this is what he would say. All right, what you need to do is go buy a tie, buy a Schofield Study Bible, and be in church on Sunday. Hmm. Right. That was discipleship. Right. Um, So make sure you have your tie on for church, your Schofield under your arm, and then you're going to be discipled. Hmm. But again, that doesn't take care of these things that we're talking about right. and in how to take it. There's, there's so much more that needs to be done yeah. other than that. And so let's let's talk about that today. And so, guys, as you're listening, um, maybe right now you're not involved in discipling someone. OK, now in our ministry, I want my guys all they have to tell me who they're discipling. Hmm. You know, they, they I need them discipling two or three guys yeah. all the time. And I don't want them not having someone they disciple. And the the assistant pastors I'm coaching, I'm like, who are you going to disciple? And and I just was talking to a uh, an assistant pastor yesterday, and I got two names of two guys that he has set up coffee with, and he set up breakfast with on Saturday to begin discipling. Right. And so they have that. They're working with this person. They're seeing them grow. They're seeing them yeah. disciple. And so how do we go about it? Maybe it's intimidating, you know. Um, I, I, I was watching a, a secular uh, video the other day uh, from, a, a, from a leader, a well-known leader, and he was talking about mentorship, not discipleship. Hmm. But he says, you know, mentorship, you don't go up to somebody and say, hey, will you be my mentor? 
Right. You know, it's like, hey, can I ask you some questions? Can we spend some time together? Yeah. But as an assistant pastor, I want you to take the initiative, mm-hmm. you know, to say, hey, hey, man, I, you know, I just I want to hear your story. I want to get to know you a little better. How about coffee? And man, this coffee was great. Why don't we do this about every other week? Yeah. You know, and then it goes from there. So so what do we do and, and how do we do that? So I'm going to give you today, um, you know, seven points on discipleship. Very, very simple things that you can hold on to, something you can hang your coat on as we look at what is discipleship. So the first thing is we step in. Okay, you've got a young man. Maybe, maybe it's a volunteer. It's an adult that's helping you in youth group. Yeah. Man, pour into that person. It's and it's not always based upon age. No. We're talking about spiritual maturity. So you may be, you know, in your mid to late twenties and think, Well, how could I be discipling this guy? He is twice my age and right. has all this life experience, but he may not have, you know, the the Bible uh, knowledge. He may be early on in his journey. Yeah. And I would say this too, it's it doesn't necessarily mean that I've been saved for 15 years and you've been saved for five. And so I'm going to mentor yeah. you. Yeah. We're all at different stages in growth. Yeah, that's right. And, and so uh, you don't, don't allow an age gap um, or uh, look, look at maturity and, and look at common interest too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you could be polar opposites. Yeah. It might not be the, yeah. the, the match there. Yeah. Um, but uh, when, when you're, when you're looking at discipling someone, mm-hmm. I like the accountability in that. I believe that everyone needs a Paul. Everyone mm-hmm. needs a Timothy. Yeah, that's good. So you are someone's Timothy, yeah. and you are someone's. That's Paul. right. That's right. That's a great, great um, concept going into this. Yeah. All right. So, so I find someone. We we go out for coffee or whatever. What what happens? Well, the first point I want to make is content. Okay. What what I say. And so as we're having this conversation, number one, we let. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man, Colossians 4, 6. You want to keep these conversations Christ-centered and edifying. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't to get together and say, oh, man, can you believe what that kid in the youth group did Wednesday night? You know, um, pastor needs, um, you know, pastor needs to get out. You know, um, <laughs> I don't like church anymore. That's not what this is about. Right. Um, you know, this is about edification. And so, so it's it's coming in with that, but it's more than me coming in. And some guys just like to hear themselves talk, mm-hmm. but discipleship is let every man be swift to hear, hmm. slow to speak, slow yeah. to wrath. And so when we sit down, man, it's listening. Yeah, it's you good. know, man, tell me, tell me, um, you know, how how do you think Sunday went? Okay, what what did what did the message? How did the message speak to you? Hmm. You know, you know, so I'm, I'm doing this study on youth group and you're listening, you know, what's going on in your life as you're listening to that. Right. You know, and, and then open your ears, you know, let them let them talk and and listen to what what they have. So I think I think it goes to not only what we say, but it also has to do with with what they are saying. Right. You know, right. so as we sit down with them, we want to to edify and encourage by, by giving them the truth. So let's say. That it's somebody that's been coming and and maybe they're not a believer. Hmm. So we have in our college group, we have a few that I know are not saved. Yeah. And so I told the 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 young man that leads our college group, listen, I want you to take so and so under your wing and I want you to take him out for dinner. Hmm. He's like, Okay, but how do I just open up this conversation? Hey man, I don't think you're saved, or hey man, right. I don't think you know Jesus. 
I said, well, what I want you to do then is give them the truth. You know, you want to give them the word of God. You want to tell them, you know, what's going on. And you don't want to look them in the eye and say, hey, bro, if you die tonight, you're going to hell. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, oh, well, thanks. Um, you know, can you pass the ketchup? Right. You know, what you want to do is sit down. And what I like to do is say, hey, it's by asking questions. Mm-hmm. How is Cross Impact going? How did you like our Bible studies on the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. Right. Open up that conversation that way. And, you know, you can talk about baseball or whatever up to that point. But then you, you bring that in. And then you talk about some and say, okay, you know, this isn't the guy's name, but to say it's Tommy. All right, Tommy. So, so where are you with God? Hmm. You know, where, where would you say you are in your relationship with God right now? Yeah. And then again, you're listening, but, but you're asking the questions, hmm. you know, of, of getting him. Okay. Where are you with God? What's going on? What's happening? And that gives them the opportunity, you know, to kind of share their heart. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not exactly sure where I am with God right now right. or what's happening. So that's, you know, that would be my first thing is as you go in making sure that the conversation is just not, you know, about West Virginia football right. or basketball, the final four, but it's about, you know, the truth and you're bringing the truth into the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and doing something along those lines. So I, I think I think that's important as, as we do it with our um, content. So then <clears throat> from content, the next C I would say that ties in that's communication. Yeah. You know, there, there are certain ways where we've got to communicate the truth and that we've got to express the truth to people we're talking to. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to be, this needs to be encouraging. This needs to be um, something we enjoy. So I like coffee. That's my thing. We're sitting here at a coffee shop. Why yeah. do I drive an hour down here to do it? Because I love this. Yeah. You know, but <clears throat> what what if... You know, the guy doesn't drink coffee. Right. What are you going to do then? I'm going to buy him a tea and still meet at a coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> That's it. You know, my, my youth pastor drinks chocolate milk at Dunkin' Donuts. I oh, mean, that my. just, yeah, he crosses wow. all lines there. Wow. I don't, I don't, I don't take him anymore. <laughs> yes, he is six. Um, and so, yeah. But anyway, so... So what well, do we do? I, I think that you have to find some kind of activity. And this is especially for men. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that, that ladies can, they can pretty much connect over, over anything. They're yeah. fine to sit down at a table yeah. in a room by themselves. But for men, uh, we work better when we're working, yeah. when we're accomplishing something. And it's, it's like this. If you invite a group of men out to, a, to do a Bible study... Um, you you might get some, yeah. But if you invite men to come out for a work day, you're you're going to get more, yeah. So if you can find an activity, uh, say, hey, I need some help. If if you've got a, a hands-on, you know, a, mm-hmm. a guy in your church, I need some help fixing this problem at the church. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, you know, would you be willing to come in yeah. and, and help me with this project? Yeah. And then as you're working. Yep. Your your conversation is is purposeful. Yeah, I think that is key. I, I watched a video of this uh, teacher, and he it's a security camera footage. He's walking down the hall, and his countenance is just down. Mm-hmm. He stopped before he went in the door, and he just kind of smiled and got himself yeah. uh, charged up before he walked in the classroom, because he wanted to influence. On purpose, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so, if you walk into a situation going, uh, "I yeah. gotta fix this 
stupid thing that's mm-hmm. not working and mm-hmm. you look at your your list and uh, we don't have a large staff at our church but I I try to implement this we have a you know we get a list an assignment list here's the things that need to be done this week and hardly ever on that list would would someone say and make disciples yeah but if you're not yeah. purposeful about it, then you're just knocking be. out the list. Yeah. And so for our uh, for our assistant here, um, I have I've started putting in his list. Like last week, I said, take somebody fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Take somebody fishing. Uh, you yeah. love to fish. I mean, you could go fishing by yourself, or yeah. you could disciple someone yeah. while you're yeah. both doing something that you love. Yes. And it doesn't have to be this stale, mm-hmm. um, you know stiff atmosphere right. of well answer this question and <laughs> yes. uh, you know what I'm saying it's yeah, not an interview exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's not an interview it's yeah. Jesus discipled in the way so communication yeah. um, we need to figure out what somebody likes yeah. and do that activity absolutely but disciple on purpose yeah. so um, an assistant pastor called me out of Michigan about a month ago was talking asking me some questions we were talking about some things and he was telling me that, you know, he, for um, bivocationally, he worked at Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. Then COVID hit and everything shut down. And so he set up a little workout room, you know, in his basement. And a coworker called and said, man, you miss working out? And he's like, yeah, I've set up something in my basement. Why don't you come over and we can work out together for the sole purpose of yeah. not having a workout partner, even though that's nice, but discipleship. Right. Absolutely. So this guy started coming over. They started working out. He's like, hey, and the unsaved co-worker said I'd like to start coming to your office for a Bible study hmm. well you know four or five six months later he's saved right you know he's set to Christ as a savior and there you go so it doesn't have to be coffee it doesn't have to be lunch it could be lifting weights it yeah. could be fishing sure before ammo was a hundred dollars a round it right. could have been shooting right um, it doesn't matter it's just that thing that you have in common it could be playing video games for that matter yeah you know or watch whatever and just spending time together. Absolutely. You know, and make but making sure we're intentional that, you know, we are keeping the conversation somewhat about Christ, pulling right. it back in at least a little bit, planting those seeds with these folks mm-hmm. as we do it. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. No. no. I mean, this is this is an investment. Yeah. This is long periods of time. It could be up to, you know, we have a, a man in our church who was saved a few years ago. There was two years of me and another man in our church discipling him and spending time with him. Actually, it was golf, golfing with him hmm. until he finally, I mean, he was an agnostic. I don't, I don't know if there's a God. I'm not sure. To, you know, texting me last night saying, Drake, I really think God's leading me in this direction. Right. I mean, that's, that's been a, it was a two-year process. Yes, yeah, absolutely. There, but, and so you're in this for the long haul, but that's okay. Right. You know, let, let the Holy Spirit do his work as you're doing it. Well, do you feel like that? And and I, I know uh, I know the answer, but is there a place where it is more regimented? We're going to meet every Thursday morning at this time. We're going through this curriculum mm-hmm. together, or this study, or this mm-hmm. uh, book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you how would you determine whether it's a lifestyle thing of activity yeah. and just seeing where they are, or this is more of a structured thing. Like right now, there's uh, there's a guy in our church that um, we're, we're meeting weekly, uh, or for a long time have met weekly. Um, there's uh, another uh, guy that you know we're meeting weekly, or, or at least calling each other weekly, and it's for 
a specific accountability, specific mm-hmm. things that right. we're talking about. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all. It's, it's, yeah. it's, that's it. I think I think it just depends on the person, what you're doing, you know, where it's at. Um, you know, I had a man after church two years ago. Well, it was just before, yeah, two years ago before COVID say, hey, I'm saved. I was saved when I was a teenager, but I was never grounded. Yeah. I don't really understand. I understand some of the things you say, not everything, but I like to, I just want an overall view of God and the truth. Hmm. So I took Grudem's basic Bible doctrines, hmm. bought one for him and me, and we just went Bible do- doctrine after doctrine yeah. at Starbucks at eight in the morning before he went to work at nine. Hmm. There was a Starbucks at the base of basement of his office building. Wow! So I met him there. Yeah, we had coffee. We went over Grudem for eight to eight forty-five. He put on his backpack and went to work. Yeah, you know, and I went back to the office on Thursdays. So that was weekly. He right. was desiring that. Um, other guys, you know, it's just um, it, it's again, like you said, it's just some of it is breaking the ice. Yeah, you know, and maybe letting them say, "Hey, I want to, I want to take this a little further. I want to, you know, let's." Can we do a study on Philippians or whatever, you yeah. know, yeah. And, and doing that? I don't think there's good curriculum out there. We're having Jeff Musgrave come in the fall teaching the exchange, how to do a Bible study with somebody that's lost. Hmm. That's great. Um, Tim Potter, you know, has his discipleship philosophies in his book that you can take people through yeah. who's not a believer. That's great. Sometimes it's not a, most times I believe it's not a curriculum. Right. You know, it's, you know, it is conversation, you know, in the content of the conversation, but it's, it's conduct number three. It's how I live. Yeah. Follow me for I follow Christ. Right. Yes. Um, it's the, it's the passage and we'll talk more about it later because it's my favorite passage on discipleship. Mark three, I think it's 14 and 15, you know, Jesus 12 chose his disciples that they should be with him. Right. Right. That's discipleship. Like you said, it's just having somebody with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey man, I'm I'm going. You know, I got to make a trip. It's going to take the day. You know, do you have time to go with me? Yeah. You know, hey, I'm doing this. You want to go? Hey, we're gonna. I'm going to. Um, I got two tickets to the Mountaineer basketball game tonight. You want to go? Right. And it's spending that time together. Yeah. You know, and and having that time together is so. So it's it's how I live. Mm-hmm. And we live in a day and age where, you know, I think as pastors sometimes we feel like that we've got to be at a certain standard. Right. My kids have got to be perfect. Man, I've dropped the ball there. Um, my house has got to be perfect. My family's got to be perfect. Yeah. You know, if we have somebody over, everything's got to be just right. You know, the ice has to be. But that's not real life, right? You know, that the, when they were with Jesus, they were with each other. They saw the flaws in each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when we are discipling, what they need to see is not perfection, but just Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're going to see me fail with my children. And that's okay. Yeah. Because I'm not perfect. I fail with my kids. Yeah. You know, they're going to see me drop the ball on something. You know, um, they might come over and this happened for a ham dinner and the oven shut off for whatever reason. I don't know if the, <laughs> the electric flicked or what, but we got there and the ham was cold. I'm like, ah. But that's okay because that makes it real. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just with them and, and you're being real with them. You know yeah. what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, well, they see Christ in you. Right. I mean, that's that's really... There was a, a situation not long ago, and as I was talking to this person about a problem, I was just so impressed by how they dealt with it in their calm and cool and collective mm-hmm. way that they handled everything. And I was driving down the road, and I it 
impressed me so much that I, I said, Lord, help me to be like that, hmm. that person. Yeah. And then I thought, Lord, it's really you in that person that I yeah. want to be like. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we're doing. We're showing Christ yeah. to them by him living through me. Right. And so it's, it's a recognition, like Paul said, follow me because mm-hmm. I'm following Christ. Yeah. You're seeing Christ yeah. in me, yeah. um, lived out through me. Yeah. And, and that's what we want others yeah. to see. Yeah. You know? that, that's, that is the, yeah. the cultivating of that relationship right. of when you say, boy, that was unfortunate. Well, I, I guess we just need to pray and, mm-hmm. and ask the Lord what to do about that. Yeah. The next time something happens in their life, they're going, well, I guess I ought to pray and yeah. ask what the Lord wants me to do yeah. about that. Yeah. It's that example. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I can't, I guess, I don't know. It's me, it's what I do, it's what I love. You know, we had an unsaved couple come um, to church about three weeks ago and maybe a month ago. And we invited them over our home. Hey, if you guys are coming to church, why don't you come to, you're here. You want to come over to the house for dinner? Hmm. Sure. So we had them over, just grab some lunch meat on the way home. Just had lunch meat sandwiches and chips and, and with them. But, you know, three weeks later, I got a text and said, hey, can we meet for lunch? Okay, so that one conversation over the dinner table spurred, and he had a list of questions about God, yeah. who is God, is God the universe? I mean, he's Buddhist, you right. know, and that's awesome, right. and that's where it starts, yeah. you know, and, and he just saw us real, yeah. saw my dumb dog real, right. hey, this pastor is just a normal person like yeah. me. He's approachable. Yes, yeah. and and I want to I want to meet up and ask him some questions. So, good. so guys, if you're listening, we're going to have to divide this up into two, two podcasts. I think that's evident right now. But if you're like, man, my pastor, I got to sit at my desk because there's pastors like that. You know, I want you at the office at 730 and you can't leave till 330. Right. Okay. And if you told him, hey, listen, I'm going to I'm going to be leaving at nine to have a cup of coffee with, you know, with with Dominique. He's gonna be like, you're not going anywhere to have coffee. Mm-hmm. You're to be here. This is so important that I would say use Saturday mornings or use a Sunday. You know, I'm sure, Dan, when you told um, John he could go to go. um fishing that wasn't on his own time right, but and, right. and i pay for my guys if they're going to do that but even if you're not in that situation listen this is so important take a sunday afternoon take a sunday night after church on sunday night take yeah. somebody up to the dairy queen for ice cream cone yeah. okay it'll cost you a couple bucks but but the dividends of that for eternity and the growth of your church is yeah. outstanding absolutely and so go out and make disciples and the key to that is and we'll talk about this on the next lesson is just being with them and and letting them see you and you see them and and seeing that happen so we'll we'll talk more of this in part two in the art of making disciples so thank you so much um, for joining with us on this podcast again if you have any questions you can just shoot us an email we'd love to talk look for artoftheassistant.com and check out the website and we'll do our best to keep that updated we will keep that updated and rolling for you on a weekly basis have a wonderful day guys and we'll continue this in a couple weeks